feel real bad about yourself. You might learn something. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's, that's not exactly the best book recommendation. I mean, I what I mean, that's a book recommendation you should give to Thomas. What I mean is that it's right. <laughs> it's challenging. Like good challenging or like make you super depressed challenging. I don't know. It kind of depends on you. As a Everybody person. writes differently. There are okay. two chapters. There are two chapters I think that were like for me challenging in a sobering way, but the rest of it was mostly just like. Yeah, I think this, but you put this in a much more eloquent way and connected to a lot more ideas in my mind than I thought I had. But there were a couple of chapters for me that were like challenging, sobering. So I think it's worth the little thing. I listened to the whole thing and I was like, let me, I'm going to get this book because this is a book I want on my shelf so one day my kid will read it. Unlike Hustlers, which I will own and it's going to be the first movie my kid sees that's got boobs in it. <laughs> But it does not have boobs in it. It what? absolutely does. Yes, it Did does. you watch Hustlers? Yeah, but like you can't. Hmm? Lizzo? Were there ever any just boobs that are flying yes. out? In the locker room? Every, yeah. Every, literally every time they were in the locker room, My the boobs were out. Damn, y'all stop yelling. I got <laughs> eyes, nigga. You are now listening to my mouth on vacation. All right, so the question I was going to ask you, Diamond, was. Okay. Um, so, hang on. It's a ball. <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to figure out what kind of what what genre this movie is not because it's like super important just because I felt like it fit between a couple things and the closest sort of thing I felt like that it made me think of was like it made me go first to like crime or heist or not quite gangster but somewhere in that sort of like vague territory if you like triangulate mm-hmm. the signal be heist crime gangster but yeah. in the sense of like not like any of the movies that you would describe with just those titles yes. but something like a like the big short or like white yes. collar crime where people are committing a crime but it's not like crime crime it's crime that you get and they're breaking laws but it's not the worst and you kind of are with them even though they're clearly doing stuff that's not good but they're also not good guys but they're not outright bad guys and i don't know like a white collar crime movie is sort of what yeah. I, I felt like but like is that what would you call that? Like, how would you describe that? How would you feel about it? Huh, I think honestly, that's because I've been struggling trying to. Because I've had people ask me now multiple times, "Hey, what do you think about the movie?" And how would you describe it? And it's very hard for me to describe. And I read an article specifically from the director when she was talking about what she was trying to avoid when making this movie, and she specifically said she was trying to avoid making a very specific type Mm. of heist movie. She wanted to make a heist movie that wasn't Ocean's 8. Um, She kept saying that one over and over again. And she also, because originally they almost hired Adam McKay. Well, yeah, too. They tried to get Scorsese. Scorsese. They tried to get Adam McKay. And um, Adam McKay had a... Adam McKay was doing Vice. Scorsese had... Scorsese things. <laughs> that new movie with um, Nero, Joe Pesci, and Pacino? Probably. Um, and, like, and this director, who is fairly new in the game, has been an actor and whatnot for a long time, and she was just like, I think she had read the script or read stories, and Wait, about... Wait, she didn't write the script? Yeah, she wrote it. Like, no, she did Alright, fine. Sorry. I was Miss just a question. She, like, like... She read this, 
read the story, what it was going to be about. I think they had already written like vague things about how they wanted this to go because you write a thing before you write a script. Um, so they, they had that ready to go. So she had, I think, already written a script for it and was just trying to get it, people to read it. Mm-hmm. And But she wanted to direct it too because her whole thing is that she wanted to make... Oh gosh, what was how did she describe it? But it was like she wanted to make a heist movie, but a heist movie that didn't feel like a heist movie. And so I think that's what throws off the whole genre thing for me is like, yeah, it feels like the big short in terms of like how I would describe a movie, but it's definitely not a heist movie. It's not a crime movie. It's not a gangster. It doesn't fit into all those things. It has various aspects of it, but the editing and the way she like views the characters or has us as the audience views the characters throws a lot of those things off it feels most like the big short or or like cross between that and uh what was that one with um idris elba and what's her name oh my god that girl uh, the, the one where they're in the winter the Aaron Sorkin ones. Oh, Molly's Game. Oh, shit. What, what Molly's Tale. Molly's Game. Yes. It feels like that sort of That thing. makes sense. Like, yeah. whatever you call that. I don't know. That's what I it was, feels like to me. Yeah, I was, uh, when one of my friends asked me how I would describe it, I said it was Magic Might meets the Big Short. And, <laughs> like, yeah. and even Magic Mike didn't really fit in the genre either. So it's just like the first one, not the XXL. Or the first one is um, good. I don't even know if I, I don't even remember Magic Mike. You showed me Magic Mike, but I don't remember Steven what happened like halfway through. Something about a table is the last thing I remember. This nigga's always That's trying to make through. some tables. He wants to like make tables. Scene of the first movie. But like he's talking about it throughout and somewhere in the middle. Uh, I, I, sure. I don't remember what happens after that. But like, and it's um, like, it can't be a heist movie. I'm not saying that that's what you're saying, because like, yeah, I feel like a heist movie has a heist, not yeah, a series of crimes or a, like yeah. a lifestyle of crime. It's got a event, an event. This one doesn't have that. It's not. But a this game. one did have a build up to the event that made it all break bad. Right, but that event is like sort of like a. Wait, did it not? I don't know. It just feels you don't think different. so? Like I feel like it wasn't like okay. So in like a heist movie, you got the thing they're working towards. It's like the big steal, the big thing. And then that doesn't go according to plan, and then they just whatever. This was a regular old night mm. for them. And one just went wild or whatever. And then like someone was trying to, like they had an informant to try to switch on or whatever. But it wasn't like a, they were working up to some thing. And then that thing went off rails. Like, they, it, I don't know. It just, th- and this is less of a, maybe less of a, it's not in that heist genre and doesn't, or, and, and more of, it doesn't follow the regular patterns of heist movies. So maybe it is a heist movie. It just doesn't do it the way that most heist movies go, where they've got their one big thing and that goes wrong. It's just got like lots of stuff they're steadily in and then it's yeah. just unraveling. But Yeah, because the only person who refers to it as kind of the one big thing is Julia Stiles when she's trying to get, um, Constance Wu's character to and that's get to she's that part faster. At it, retro, retrospective. Right. It's like she's, yeah. You, when you look back on it, you see a big thing, but when you're living, yeah. it's not. Whereas, like in Ocean's Eleven, you know they're going for a right. big thing. Yeah. This is like more in the general like sense of, and this is why I think this it's is the highest retrospective. Most, well, I think it's like the 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 crime movie genre is the widest term, but it's, yeah, it because it fits in like. 
it heist is a specific kind of crime movie. Gangster movie is a specific kind of crime movie. This just it's some other sort of crime movie. So I was gonna ask, and yeah. just like the characters live in in their like sort of criminal lives, they're doing a thing, and it goes where it goes. I think, I guess I'm. It's definitely a crime movie, but what specific kind of crime movie is it? No, uh, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't need to know. Maybe we don't need a label. Okay, because I was gonna ask if, because I thought I heard one of y'all say that it's not a crime movie, but maybe it was. You guys saying that it's not a heist movie? Um, that probably okay. because yeah, I was like they definitely do crime, <laughs> crime in this. No, it's that we said oh, it okay. wasn't a heist movie. But well, I mean that is an interesting wrinkle because like them doing crime doesn't make it no. Crime. That was like, going to be my question. No, well, lots of movies happen. But with the them. whole movie is about their crime, right? And that makes. Oh, okay, so Fast and Furious isn't a crime like, movie. I was just saying that, like, Thomas crimes. was saying... Right, it's not a crime movie. Gotcha. But they fucking commit crimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's also yeah. not a murder movie, even though they murdered. <laughs> yeah. Is murder movie like a subgenre? No, God, no. I hope not. <laughs> That's not... Well, those are snuff films. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> whoa, I just... That, I didn't mean to get that dark. Undo, undo. Everyone rewind 30 seconds and then jump forward one minute and skip the Snuffle up again. Wow, Thomas. Oh, that was okay. pretty rough. That just put a a dark tint on that whole corner of Sesame Street. <laughs> no, I was trying wow. to brighten it up because Snuffle up again. Is... Yeah, never mind. If y'all don't fucking let me say this sentence, I've been trying to say this since the beginning. <laughs> That whole scene at the beginning where they had JLo and her for welcoming Constance Wu like out at sunset. Or not the sunset, up on the rooftop. That one was real great. But it's also a lot different than how the uh, trailer made it seem like it was going to be. Because like, it just seemed in the trailer like it was this whole, like, I don't know, I guess this this, this them being sexy thing and not this whole, like, mentorship starting to form at the same time that kind of, like, takes away from, like, I guess I'll just say, like, the eroticism of it all, which I was personally enjoying. So, I don't know. I was kind of let down by that. I think I like the idea of her welcoming her into her code as sort of a reverse birthing as a signifier for their relationship, which is weird because they were definitely, like, I felt there's a lot of aspects of those two that was, I don't know if I'd call it a romance, but, like, it was definitely, like, a they had, a like, a that the way their relationship was dealt with was like a a building love relationship. And I don't want to call it's not a romance, but it's not a rom-com. That's how they made it seem, though. Like, I had the same feeling that you did, because it was just kind of like a, they had an on-again, off-again, like, romantic relationship, but it wasn't romantic. It was definitely, like, in their minds, professional. But for us, that was See, I had a (laughs) mother-daughter... But I was just like, it was a working movie. I didn't have Mother Dog. There's even one, like, specific, there's a specific, like, scene that starts where they see each other when they haven't in a, in a while. And it's it just, it, everything about it just feels like when you've got these two people who were used to be lovers or they were going to be lovers or whatever, they're coming back to each other. Yeah. They're like, this is a, what's, what's, I just need, I guess I'm looking for a softer word than romance because it wasn't as heavy as a romance. Connection? Definitely, like. I don't know, man. More than that. It was more than friendship, less than romance. It was like, it was like what 
Paul Walker and Vin Diesel have. See, y'all didn't look at it as like a but let's go family bond. What? Nah. Only in the sense that a husband and a wife are family. <laughs> it was more sensual than that, but it was also platonic and love. Like, it was like, working and professional. Yeah, it was like, yeah. It was so, like, like, a, it was a real deep, good friendship. Yeah. So I'm the only one who thought mother daughter ugly. <laughs> no, I think it had aspects of the mother daughter. That's why I was saying the thing about the reverse birth when she pulls her in between her legs and like whatever's her and the way she takes care of her and teaches her whatever there's there's definitely i don't know i think there's flavors of different things in their yeah. relationship like it's it's got a little bit of mother daughter it's got a little just bit of like older person younger person it's got a little yeah. bit even of like connection i don't like not like Oh, you know, but it's like they have like a thing. It, it operates yeah, they have a deep on multiple levels. And there's, yeah, there's also aspects of like yeah. sisterhood and yeah. things like that. I did too. love the the little sister, like how she like saw J Lo put like the money in her boots, and she was like, "I'm gonna start doing that." Like there were like little things that I felt like she was picking up on, uh, where she was yeah. trying to like mirror it, and I just thought that was adorable. Was was a complex and good. I will say J Lo did Bobby, make me angry. Good. Good. When she was Why going she after what's her face, the white girl who was brought into the group who kept screwing up. Oh yeah, it's just like why can you not see how problematic this woman is? That was gonna laugh. I don't know. That annoyed me, but like it felt real. Just like people don't see stuff. Like you, like you don't see someone who's constantly strung out on drugs and fucking up because they're on drugs. <laughs> There's all sorts of people that people make allowance for, allowances for in their lives. I think that was the closest. I mean, you're right. I'm not saying you're not. It was just very frustrating to watch. I agree like, about the frustration. Why don't you get this? Like, why aren't you doing anything about this? I agree. Well, she says that she even, like, Always picked out the most mm. broken and the most whatever to like try and fix them. Yeah. And like so that, like that uh, yeah. was the reasoning within the movie. Yeah, Constance Wu's character her, was her, like, her, we have a rule, no criminals, no drugs. And the first people she brings around are criminals and drugs. Like the people she's listing, she's like, she just got out of jail. She's on drugs. She's on drugs right now. <laughs> she's like, well, I'm going to buy her lunch. Like, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that was the closest I ever seen the jealousy thing. There was um there was a lot of real dope. I don't know what you call them. Not just music cues because it was like a whole thing. Um, the standout for me, I think, just like maybe Diamond speaking is more just. I don't know. I the, the way I, I described it to myself is just like there's a lot of stuff that just felt really well put together. Which when I think about it, feels like just good editing, but I don't know. They felt like there's a lot going on, but just like one standout scene when she, right before J-Lo gets copped up, the way they switch into that scene where she's walking down the street, don't even remember the song, but like her in her hoodie. When it gonna be Royals, Royals. Was that the song when she was in that black hoodie yes. gonna get at the ATM? That was a song. The director wrote it with that in mind and she said remember Royals is playing in the background yes that was a okay well that one it was real good real nice I I felt like she just like everything about it felt like like a boxer entering the ring mm -hmm. and it was just like evoked this feeling just like of power and confidence and whatever 
and there was a lot of things like that was I think that one stuck out to me because it was like we moved into the movie and I'd seen a lot of little things that like stuck out to me it stuck out to me this one was just like yes they're doing it again it's stark it's beautiful it's clear because there's a lot of it. it just like felt real well put together in a way I really appreciated yeah I think with that like with that shot in particular I've when I went to see this movie, I had just watched the video about uh, basically just cinematography and long shots and how we use them nowadays versus how they used to be used. And so I was noticing shots that were long and didn't have cuts and or had like really simple cuts so you didn't really notice them. Um, and the ones that stood out to me were that one pair, like paired with it was basically J-Lo's entrance into the movie and J-Lo's exit, almost. It's because you had this long shot of her, like, you just didn't look away. You saw, like, her striptease and whatnot. And, like, and it was in a way of, like, a younger person admiring somebody that would become, like, their future mentor and whatnot. And then at this last one, you once again have a long shot, but it's from behind. And it's like, yeah, it's a boxer. It's a boxer shot. Like, the, if you think of other movies that have that shot, it's a boxer getting into the ring. Mm -hmm. And that's what that scene was. And I think it was just an interesting parallel with the two almost athletic shots that they have of J-Lo. Um, the other really long shot that they have in the movie is the one where uh, Constance Wu's character is looking for her daughter. And the camera, just the way that the camera moves in all three of those shots, it doesn't really move from J-Lo in that first one. It, like, it follows, like, Constance Wu's character, like, as if it's attached to her. And then the other one is a distance away as if it's just admiring her. Um, and admiring, like, and just setting up what's going to happen next. And so there was just a thing with, all three of those shots, especially paired with music, and I know Thomas can talk more about that, because, like, I noticed it, but I didn't take as much, like, I didn't file away which songs are playing, but I did notice those long shots and when they chose to use them, because everything else was kind of like a quick cut, except when it was on someone's face when emotion was being shown, or, like, on J-Lo and Constance's hands when they're, like, holding, when they're having emotional moments. Um... But, like, those personified images of, like, this is this person in this moment, and this is how we're going to shoot them and follow them. Like, I thought those were amazing just to have paired with everything else that was going on, just the way that the film would just slow down for, like, specifically for those three shots were the ones that really stuck out in my mind. Yeah, I agree with Diamond. That scene where she, she's looking for a daughter, like, it, I felt the tension like in the theater and just that. And then the relief of her coming from such a high energy moment where like the, the mark went terribly wrong where the dude jumped off, had to figure it out without uh, JLo's character drops him off at the ER, avoids the cops, finds her daughter, has to drive them back home is getting judged all the way through. And if I know it wasn't a one shot, but it felt continuous. Like, so, like, I definitely 
that definitely uh, stood out to me and like stuck with me. That was one of my favorite scenes in the movie and shots as well. Aside from like Constance Wu and J-Lo, like what y'all think about like the cast around them? Like I felt like Kiki Palmer did a really good job. Who's I don't know that? what you say. Black who's girl? Kiki Palmer? The black girl? The, the one who runs away? With the southern, <laughs> with the southern accent. Yeah, her and then the girl who kept throwing up. Like I thought she was really funny. Oh, that was weird. She was fine. I don't know. I don't really didn't really care about. Honestly, I didn't really care about any of the characters in the thing. Like, I don't know. Like, J Lo was J Lo. The cameos were the cameos. I really didn't care about the characters. Not so, like what did you like about this movie? It was entertaining. It was put together well. Like, it was a crime movie in the way that I like. It, like, there's lots of things to like about it without me having to like, like the characters or feel that they were, like, substantial or meaningful characters. The movie was good. The way they moved through being a movie or put together the movie was good. And the characters I don't think were bad, but they weren't substantive. To answer your question, counselor. Yeah, it did. I've just never heard somebody like not like the characters, or I shouldn't say not like the character, but like didn't care about the characters, but then also still enjoyed the movie. So that's what made me curious of like how you can have that viewpoint without that. But I think you did a good job of explaining it. I feel the same. Just like the characters were whatever. Like, you care about Constance, oh, let's say I cared about Constance Drew, I cared about J-Lo, and outside of that, everyone else was yeah. expendable and replaceable. Yeah. So they didn't ever have any standout performances, they all could have been played by anyone else, and it was enjoyable, but it wasn't enjoyable because of those specific actresses, it was just because of how those characters were built. Yeah. I feel like it was weird with J-Lo, because like... <laughs> I feel like J-Lo was more J-Lo than whoever that character was supposed yeah. to be. And, like, like, that made it, and that made it work, and she was good at it. And, like, because J-Lo was J-Lo, that character worked. But it wasn't, like, I didn't ever forget that that was J-Lo. Like, that, like, that was part of the reason that it worked, and part of the reason it was good, not a thing separate from her. And... I don't know. Like, it was they they played their parts well. They did their things well, but like, I don't know. Yeah. You feel the same way, Tommy? Yeah, like I, uh, I think you and I had talked about this shortly after the movie that like they hyped up so many of the people that were in this movie, <laughs> and so many of the people that were in this movie were only in the movie for about ten minutes, and. <laughs> and Lizzo um, but like yeah J-Lo was J-Lo but that's part of what makes J-Lo good in the roles that J-Lo is good in um, and I love Constance Wu and I want her to be in everything and I want her to su succeed at everything so I think that's part of why I, I enjoyed watching her but also she's just really good right? and like the movie does go out of its way to make you care and feel and whatnot because you are kind of put in that stance of Julia Stiles 
listening to this and listening to the story and watching it unfold. And she is basically the main character. Um, and so like, yeah, I, I felt for her and I wanted to see what happened to her and I wanted to see her succeed as a character on top of wanting to succeed, see her succeed as an actress. But like, yeah, I can't tell you anybody else who was in this movie besides Julia <laughs> Stiles, but that's because that came out of left field and I was not expecting that. Um, <laughs> my friend was just like, she's so old. Oh, I was like, man. don't talk about it oh, right now. Man. <laughs> that, that's my future. When we're doing this podcast in the future, I'm going to look like I'm 100 years old and you guys are all going to look the same. Stop. <laughs> You're going to look like you're 100 years old. Oh, God. He's dead. <laughs> you killed him. <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, like, I, for me, it's basically what, like, has already been said by John and Nicole. It's like, the story is about these two characters, and that's who I was paying attention to. But what I paid attention to was how this movie was made mm. and the way, like the fact I can't describe what genre it's in. When I try to describe it as a movie, it's hard for me because I'm just like, I don't, there's nothing I really can compare it to to make it make sense to someone who hasn't seen it. Um, one of my friends said that she hadn't seen it because all her coworkers said it was bad. And I asked oh, her man. why, why later? Like, cause I was just like, I, at first I thought it was for a different other, other, many other reasons. And she's like, no, my coworkers just said they didn't understand it. I was like, oh, well, the editing, everything's nonlinear. So I guess that could be a thing. Like, if you're looking for just the, like, hustler story, and then, sure, that would be, quote, unquote, bad, because you're taking out of it when you go to the interviews. But that's what I enjoyed, was the editing right. and the way it was told through interviews. Um, so I'm trying to make that clear. But it was just funny to jump through those hoops and be like, wait, why are you asking me all these questions about this movie? Oh, because your friend said it was bad, and this is why they said it was bad. Um, but no, this movie is good for a myriad of reasons. I, I, I don't necessarily think it's because the characters were supposed to be genuinely likable. I think mm. they were likable because of who played them. Right. Um, and I think if it had been anyone else besides JLo and besides Constance Boo, it would have been different. Um... You said likable, like, like, uh-huh. um, is that, is that the, the thing that we're going for with characters? No, I think, I think there's an aspect of relatable, but I think there's also, like, I'm seeing, I guess I said likable. I kind of meant just, like, in terms of a movie like this, where people are doing illegal things, um, genuinely I want someone I can cheer for. Um, I guess I default think, to the word compelling, but that might be as vague. Yeah, and I, so I think there's an aspect of, like, I want to cheer for somebody, and I guess I use the word likable, but it's kind of just, like, it's that underdog aspect. I want to cheer for them and then question why I'm cheering for them after the movie um, and figure out what that means about me. Um, but, yeah, I think that's kind of what I was looking for. So, like, I wanted to cheer them on. Um, the people that were shown as sleazy were what I took as sleazy. Um, a, another interesting aspect that a friend of mine brought up about this movie that I thought was an interesting thing was, besides The Big Short, there hasn't really been a lot of movies about this time period and especially about this specific career and how it was impacted during the financial crash of 2008. Um, 
And so, like, that was interesting for me, just to, like, that was a different telling, that was a different side of the story, that was just a different side of history that I haven't seen. Um, especially a history that, like, I was alive during. And to know something else that was happening during that time that maybe I wasn't aware of. Um, because I was in college and I was not paying attention to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that was interesting to me. But yeah, with the characters, I think I wanted someone to cheer on and I could, whether or not anybody else was memorable in this film. And the question I had asked Thomas right after I saw this was, why were there so many cameos? Because they didn't need to be there because they didn't add anything for me. Um, I think Thomas mentioned authenticity as a reason for them, but like, it's still one of those things. So I'm like, that's still like weird for me that there were so many cameos when there really didn't need to be so many cameos. Authenticity. Authenticity. Like specifically with Cardi B, the fact that she came from a, I don't know if they call themselves sex workers. I think they do. Um, they can't she came from that background like and i'm not the only one who thinks that like j-lo and the director like we're going after her to bring that uh sort of realness to it and they were saying like you're from this world show us like what these girls may be thinking about or like how would you approach this situation that type of thing um lizzo I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure. I think that was just like a fun thing, but yeah. So I said authenticity, uh, also was with Usher the Usher cameo, like the fact that he represented the height of the excess and the, the crazy amounts of money that were being thrown around before the crash. Um, I felt like that was important to see. But yeah, I don't know. I I took the songs. I'm literally just thinking about this and verbalizing it for the first time. But like the songs that are played throughout the the movie, like during the different time periods, the years or whatever, reminds me of the Big Short in that way, where they had the music play an important part, like having Money Maker by Ludacris playing in the background while all of the height of the excess is going on. Um, and I felt like they did a good job of that as well. But, yeah, as far as the cameos are concerned, I said authenticity. And specifically with those two, because I felt like it was important. All right, yeah. Uh, that was everything I had. Tune in next week for Yo Jimbo. <laughs> and before you go... Before the beginning of great brilliance, there must be chaos. Wow. That's deep. Especially the first one to come out of that head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, that final fortune head is on a good start. <laughs> this podcast is produced by Altman Street Productions.